episode number 37, Are You Sabotaging Yourself? In this episode, we're going to be talking about self-sabotage, and I'll be sharing four different anxious thought patterns that you could look for within yourself so that you could stop sabotaging yourself. We're getting right to it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Welcome back to the show. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The most important relationship that you have is the one that you have with yourself. So you better make sure that it's an honest one, a healthy one, and a loving one. Because you are all you have. It's the longest relationship and the most important relationship that you'll ever have. And it defines all of the other relationships that you have in your life. I say all of this because in this episode, we're talking about self-sabotage. And from an evolutionary perspective, we are all predisposed to self-sabotage. And we all do it from, from time to time, most of us on, daily base, on a daily basis. And it's, it's such a strong pull to go back to the way that we were, or it's such a strong pull to do something that goes against our goals. So self-sabotage could look so different depending on the person, but it's anything that interferes with you achieving your goals, anything that stops you from moving forward, anything that prevents you from getting what you want or what you desire. So for example, say you set a new goal that you want to start working out or eating healthy. It Self-sabotage would be having a, a full week of going to the gym, seven straight days, and on day eight, eating a birthday, an entire birthday cake and falling off the wagon for the next 14 days because you ate the birthday cake and you feel bad about yourself. That's the self-sabotage. It, it's when you find yourself doing these behaviors that aren't congruent with what you want and they're so sneaky and we're so good at lying to ourselves when we're doing them. So when you're in self-sabotage, the scary thing is sometimes you don't know that you're in in self-sabotage and sometimes feelings could be so new that when we experience them, we ruin our own happiness because our mind is scared and our mind is always trying to keep us safe. So what I mean by that is you could hear you hear about it all the time, and this goes into some bigger discussions about generational trauma and about family ties and the desire to always stay within what's familiar. But a classic example would be earning more money than you've ever had. Say your career career accelerates, you take off professionally, you earn more money than maybe you've ever earned in your entire life, and maybe anyone in your family line has earned in their entire life. And you find yourself squandering it away gambling or squandering it away in in places that you shouldn't be rather than investing it and 
wisely managing your money. And you might be thinking like, why am I doing this? Why do I feel the need to do this? Well, that's that pool bringing you back to what is familiar. So that pool, if you've never had money before, might be struggling, living paycheck to paycheck. You might be, although that feeling might not feel quote unquote good, it might not feel comfortable to be struggling or to be living paycheck to paycheck or to accumulate debt that might not feel good, but it's what is familiar. And our mind craves what is familiar time and time again. So self-sabotage is that pull to what is familiar. If your script has always went staying in unhealthy relationships and then a healthy relationship comes and you ruin it, then that that would be an example of sabotaging relationships or of going back to what is familiar. It's better to have no relationship than a healthy one that you you ruin for yourself or you tell yourself that it's better to just be alone rather than opening up to someone new and actually changing the pattern. So that is an overview of what self-sabotage is. So what does that have to do with anxiety? So often anxiety fuels self-sabotage. When we feel really anxious, we often then choose behaviors that are out of alignment with what we really want. So say you're starting a, a side business and you know that you need more time to dedicate to your side business in addition to your full-time job. So self-sabotage might look like filling your schedule so much with your full-time job, taking on extra projects, taking work home unnecessarily because you're always fueling the need to be busy so that you don't have time for your side business. When the fear beneath that might be you're afraid to put yourself out there within your business. So there's always the self-sabotage behavior and then the fear or the limiting the limiting belief beneath that. So today we're going to be covering four different anxious thought patterns that could be fueling your unhappiness or your self-sabotage. So number one is all or nothing thinking. So that would be that example of you go to the gym seven days in a row, you take day off, you take day eight as a day off or you don't make it there, your schedule gets crazy. And then rather than viewing that as, oh, this is a rest day, this is a good thing, you completely go the opposite way. Well, I'm just a lazy piece of trash, so instead of going to the gym again tomorrow, I'm going to eat all of the cake, I'm going to eat three cakes tonight, and then I'm not going to go to the gym for the next 14 days. So that would be that all or nothing response. Either I'm 100% perfect or I fall off the wagon and I allow myself to go the completely opposite direction. I know for me this is something that I've definitely struggled with in so many different areas of my life. So it's that massive swing. Maybe you go all in on a goal to start out and you're 100% in, you have one tiny slip up and then boom, it's back to zero. It's like you've never done it. So all or nothing thinking, be on the lookout for that. Number two, overgeneralization. So what I mean by that is you're making a change to do something. The change is scary. So then you sell yourself a bunch of lies about a situation. So that might look like, well, every time I do this, this happens. Or every other person I know that has tried that, it hasn't worked for them. Or all, all the other people experience this. So it's really taking an isolated situation and making it 
the rule for everything else. So let's continue on with that gym example. So by day 13, when you've already not worked out for almost 14 days, on day 13, you tell yourself, this is what I always do. I will always be a failure. I'm never going to achieve the goals that I set for myself in terms of physical fitness because I'm just not meant to be physically healthy. I'm just not meant for that. This is, of course, how it goes. So it's taking that big leap and selling yourself an overgeneralized story. I know something that I used to tell myself is obesity runs in my family. So I'm just predisposed to be overweight or binge eating runs in my family. So I'm just predisposed to struggle with binge eating or I have really bad asthma. So I'm never going to run. I'm never going to be fit because I can't run. And I would just sell myself these big overgeneralized stories that weren't even reality. They were just limiting beliefs holding me back. So those are some examples of overgeneralization. Next up, we have catastrophizing. So catastrophizing and overgeneralization, they sound very similar. I think of catastrophizing as um, really an amplified overgeneralization. So really jumping off the deep end. So that would be... Um, well, now everyone at the gym knows that I'm lazy and I can't show my face again because when I go back to work out, they're going to know that I just took 14 days off and they're going to think I'm a lazy piece of trash just like I think that. So it's really um, going off the deep end. So really, cata- <laughs> you're really catastrophizing the fact that you missed 14 days at the gym. In the scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. But when you're in this spiral, it feels like everybody is focused on you and that everything is about how lazy you are. So that leads me to number four, mind reading. So it's really when you're getting into the nitty gritty of what do I do next? And you find yourself reading other people's minds. Well, this is what my boss thinks of this. Or if I say this, this is how they're going to respond. If I do that, this person's going to think this about me. So it's really making these big jumps from what is actually going on to all of a sudden you're able to read someone's mind. When I wish, I wish I could read people's mind. I feel like sometimes it would definitely improve most of my relationships, but Unfortunately, most of us, the majority of us are not psychics and we can't read other people's minds. So whenever you find yourself mind reading, that's a dangerous game to play. That's when you start bargaining with yourself and you start convincing yourself of a story that's not even happening. So those behaviors, all or nothing, overgeneralization, catastrophizing, and mind reading. So what can you do when you find yourself doing these things? Well, you recognize it and then... Tell yourself to knock it off. Really step up your self-talk game and recognizing it's not moving you forward. It's only holding you back and it's only going to drive you to self-sabotaging behaviors. So self-sabotage, again, could look like so many different things. But when you sell yourself a story that's not true, you could really get wrapped up in your story. And you have two options. It's always sit in your story or move forward. And moving forward is going to look so different on everyone, but doing these four behaviors is just going to keep you in your story. It's not going to move you forward. It's going to keep you stuck every single time. So recognize those four behaviors and then choose to move forward. Tell yourself, we're not going there today. We're not doing it. Oh, I'm trying to read people's minds again. 
And then every time you try to read someone's mind, because when you recognize the behavior, it doesn't stop. Okay, I'm reading everyone's mind again. Okay, well, just tell myself, hey, you're reading everyone's mind. That's not true. That's not true. And you might have to tell yourself that's not true 50 million times over for the next 10 minutes. But eventually you could then ask yourself, well, what can I do instead? What do I know to be true? And how can I move forward? And remember, if these thought patterns are holding you back and are really taking their, their toll on you, please reach out for help. Medical medical help is always accessible. Reaching out to a licensed therapist, your family doctor, and always reaching out to a friend or a loved one is always a good idea. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode number 38 is going to be a good one. Can't wait to see you there. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you. Thank you.